everyone. Welcome to the Dishes and Dimes podcast presented by BasketballNews.com. I am joined by, well, first of all, it's Yasmin. <laughs> Look at me assuming they know who I am. They do. <laughs> well, um, my name is Yasmin and I am joined by my co-host, Katie. Um, today is a uh, off-season recording, so, you know, we're scraping the bottom of, like, the barrel. <laughs> That's always a great way to open it up. <laughs> but don't worry, don't worry. We have some interesting topics to discuss. Uh, we're going to talk a little bit about what we're looking forward to next season. We're going to discuss um, Katie's uh, recent piece on Delano Benton for um, Yahoo Sports Canada. Uh, and also, before we get into this episode, I want to preface this by uh, letting you guys know that today is going to be uh, the last recording before we take September off. Um, so, you know, we got to enjoy our off season before we're hooping again in the summer. Um, it's not, it's, it's gonna, I'm sure it's gonna go by real quick, but mm-hmm. um, I want to preface that. So, no, don't be shocked if you don't see episodes every Monday morning <laughs> for the next uh, few weeks. But, anyways, let's get into it. Um, I wanted to start with the Delano piece. So, um, it, it was a great read. I had to read it because, you know, um, he is from Toronto. He's from the West End. So that obviously piqued my interest. Um, was this uh, done? Like, did you get your information over the course of the um, Summer League? Like, were you in contact with him and all that? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, first, I want to say it made me so excited. What did you say? What did you reply to this? You were just basically, I'm going to read. Yeah. You didn't say I'm going to read the hell out of this. Yeah, but in I said, my I'm going to read this so hard. Yeah, that's like what you said. Basically, I was like, yes, this is the energy I want people to bring to it. Um, but yeah, it's from reporting out of uh, Summer League in Vegas. So it was through some of the post games, but also um, sometime I had to sit down with him uh, at practice, which was really sweet. And I have to just say as an aside, like what a treat <laughs> and how nice it was to sit down with players again. Yeah. You know, uh, also like this group of guys, just because they're so excited and like, so ready to go. Um, you know, and also I have to say like Patrick Matumbo, who contributed a lot to this story as well, just based on like what he said about Delano and the rest of the team. Mm-hmm. He's like such a pleasure to talk to just like so smart, so kind and like so caring about this group. So yeah, that's, that's where the basis for the story came from. I was kind of looking around the team. Like I knew I wanted to write a deeper dive kind of profile piece about one of the new players, but mm-hmm. You know, there's a lot out there on Scotty, not to knock him. I would love to sit down with Scotty at some point too, but there was something, yeah, there was something uh, about Delano that, I don't know, was just like, has been very intriguing to me all along. Mm -hmm. So um, you mentioned like the, you know, the energy of this new crop of guys. What was like the vibe that you got being in the practice practice and everything? I'm sure you saw them um, do a couple of runs together or something, but um, I think that's, part of my excitement for the next, uh, the next season, which we'll get into, but what mm-hmm. was like the vibe that you sensed out there with like no veterans present because it is a summer league crew, but what was the, um, the, the vibe? Well, they're also excited for one, <clears throat> excuse me. And they all genuinely just really like each other and they've really formed like a quick, a quick, quick bond, um, all through summer league. And I hope that that holds over for the guys that are, you know, coming back to Toronto yeah. when the season starts. Um, Patrick talked about <laughs> yeah, <laughs> the good baggage. Yes. Patrick talked about that too. Just like he was, he's like, I'll use this term loosely, but he's like, when you've suffered together, cause he was like, we haven't suffered yet. But like in the context of summer league, you know, these guys have developed a really quick bond and it's for real. Mm. Um, 
And I think like that was totally prevalent uh, in the games they played as well as in practice. Like also just to get mesmerized by like shooting drills again was amazing, you know, just to be like, this rules. I missed this so much. Um, but I think the, the thing that stuck out to me most was how quickly they learned through their games. You know, they looked rough in the right. first game um, against the Knicks, but then just like, like steadily as the week went on, um, they all just got better. Like they all just really learned on the fly. And then one of the, the big takeaways for another story, I wrote kind of like a overview of the team for Yahoo as well, but was this kind of line of versatility that ran through what everyone was saying in their interviews. Like Delano said this, Precious said this, um, you know, Scotty said this, like Malachi said this. Um, everyone was just saying, I love like I love being here in Toronto and what I'm most excited about is the fact that this is a team that works on development of players and is going to, I can work on my versatility a lot more. And this is like, you know, for me, precious is a pretty complete looking player already, at least right. what he was looking like in Vegas, you know, but to hear them just be like, yeah, like we're kind of working towards, you know, whether it's a true positionless team, but just like looking at what they have so far and then just hearing how much these guys want to improve and I don't like, I don't think that's a thing that they're just saying. Cause I also don't feel like, you know, every team has that capability. So that was just like a cool thing that just kept coming up. Um, and it made me excited about this season. Yeah. It seems like there's going to be like a lot of um, storylines <laughs> to keep an eye on um, mm. in the team alone. But um, so that actually leads beautifully <laughs> for the segue <laughs> into the next topic. So teams and players that we're looking forward to watching. So, um, like, obviously, I'm looking forward to a Raptors team that's going to be playing in Toronto, um, mm -hmm. as we were recently informed. Um, so, obviously, that's going to be exciting, seeing that the team is in the city and that they're going to be within reach, like, to um, view in person, to be around and everything. But um, outside of, you know, the city... Uh, are there any particular teams that you're just like, hmm, maybe this will, you know, warrant um, some, uh, you know, a league pass. This might be a league pass team for me. Miami, right. I think. <laughs> um, yeah, I'm so excited to watch the Heat play. I mean, it's largely because they now have four of my favorite players in the league, you know, Um and they, they kind of got rid of, aside from Tyler Hero, they kind of ditched the ones I wasn't that crazy about. Um, but otherwise, I just think this will be a really fun, kind of cool, pretty interesting team to watch. I think they're going to gel pretty quick. Um, I do want to see <laughs> the old beach experiment of the Lakers come to life. <laughs> Yeah, that's an exciting one. I just love the way um, the Heat and the Lakers have been kind of just shamelessly hoarding all the veterans and everything mm -hmm. like that I, I i can't wait to see how that um turns out because it could honestly have like a kind of transformative butterfly effect on how veterans are treated and acquired in the league for the next couple of years because if it goes well i feel like a lot of teams with championship aspirations are going to kind of ditch the um the i don't want to say it's, it's taboo but you know getting an older player who's on like the other side of their prime um, is seen as like a waste of a roster spot sometimes. Mm -hmm. like, you'd rather use that spot for development and everything. But um, I'm, I'm interested to see how, if it has any impact, uh, you know, whether it goes well or whether it's a disaster, but it will be, the subsequent impact that it's going to have on everything um, will be very interesting. But a team that I'm 
uh, really interested in seeing, and I'm, honestly, I'm like trying to see if I can head to Chicago and see them live as the Chicago Bulls. With mm-hmm. um, I'm I'm really interested to see how Demar Derozan and Zach Levine works together. Um, I have a feeling that this is either going to be, you know, disappointing, but either that or it honestly has the potential to just kind of work. Um, I feel like it's it's equally plausible <laughs> on both ends of the spectrum. Um, but yeah, the Bulls are going to be a very interesting experiment there with um, having um, two shooting guards likely in their starting lineup. Having Patrick Williams, who's been looking amazing um, in summer league, uh, to see if he really has turned a leaf and become like this two-way small forward that they need. Um, and also, like, they have Vucevic too. So they have like a... a quite the collection of talented players so uh individually talented so i'm see i'm interested to see if it works um all together and also <laughs> i i can't believe i didn't say this as my team but another one would be the philadelphia 76ers and mm-hmm. mostly from like a very messy <laughs> what's gonna happen like with exactly. Ben? <laughs> yeah, like that's my thing like i'm not watching <laughs> uh no basketball reasons <laughs> i'm just saying i'm interested to see how um that scenario pans out like are they gonna hold on to him until the middle of the season are they gonna hold on to him for the entirety of the year like how do they look playing out there how is it going to look um in wells fargo like is he going to be booed every time he touches the ball (laughs) like i'm very interested to see uh what is going on in daryl morey's mind um and so just the chemistry now like the chemistry question how do you come back from that like your head coach and your like co-star player both like trash talk to kind of at your lowest point because i think they both thought he's gone and then yeah. they like had to backpedal and were like, actually, we we'll, we don't mind the idea of keeping him. It's like, okay. <laughs> Apparently he wasn't um, answering calls from um, the organization, from Embiid. It, everything was done through his agent. So mm-hmm. um, it, I, I, I have no idea how this is going to turn out. Um, and I feel like the media game that um, the Sixers play, that a lot of teams play, honestly, it's not exclusive to the Sixers, kind of uh, backfired because they took a very aggressive approach. Mm-hmm. Um, as soon as mm-hmm. the, um, even before the playoffs had ended, as soon as um, they were out of the playoffs, uh, we start to see reports about what kind of package they were willing to accept for Ben Simmons, what kind of um, offers have been thrown out them at them already. Um, so having it play out so um, openly out there and not having any kind of words of affirmation or words of um, uh, of deflection from the front office in the media to counteract all of these um, leaks has been uh, strange to see because the, the Raptors had the exact same thing with uh, Siakam. We saw a, a lot of reports in the media, but um, his agent um, sources, as well as Masai Jiri kind of um, squashed it. Now. Yeah. yeah. They shut those down pretty publicly and pretty repeatedly through Bobby Webster and nurse, but I have not really seen that same energy. Mm-hmm. Um, with Ben Simmons in the 76ers. So um, that's a team that I think everyone's going to be keeping an eye on because, um, yeah, like Embiid uh, recently uh, signed an extension, I believe. So, you know, this is a guy who's looking to win at a high level um, throughout, like, you know, as a guy who's injury prone, um, you know, we don't know how long his last uh, prime will last. So uh, I'm, I'm looking forward to see how they navigate that situation. Yeah. And I think like a similar, just to like 
hop on board your train wreck analogy. Uh, I don't want to be paying attention to this team, but I don't think we can really help it with the Mavs (laughs) and like what the hell is going to happen there and how long before that truly goes off the rails. You know what I mean? Um, That just seems like a growing already was a toxic situation and is about to grow a little bit more toxic. Actually, no, not a little, a lot, I think is fair to say with Jason Kidd at the helm and like what's going on with Porzingis um, is Luca. I mean, Luca's just chilling now. He's smoking a hookah, but like <laughs> on vacation, he's, he's yeah. Luca's hookah. Um, but that's like, that's a really weird one. I think a more hopeful one that, I didn't think of honestly until I was at summer league, but was the warriors just because now they have Jamma right. from the Raptors and like, just judging like what coming looked like. And also how Wiseman didn't get any development at all last season. I really do feel for him. Um, but I think they're also just looking at it. They're like, Oh, right. Yeah. Our core three guys are still good and extremely like, competitive, but we haven't thought of what, <laughs> what's next because we haven't really needed to right it's just like by virtue of a team that's worked so well as is for so long um that they didn't really put a focus on development but now you've got like one of the one of the if not i think very biased but like the best developmental coaches in the nba as your head of development so that's That's pretty interesting to me yeah i haven't thought about it but jama and kaminga that's like a match made in heaven. You have mm-hmm. a guy who's already shown so many awesome flashes at summer league. And then, you know, he's being, um, he's going to be um, in direct contact with one of the best player development guys in the NBA. So that's going to be um, very fascinating to see. And also um, we, we just mentioned, I just mentioned um, the, you know, the media game that these teams play. The Warriors were no exception to that. Um, we saw so many offers where, um, Wiseman and Andrew Wiggins were the centerpieces. So to see how they um, are reintegrated into the next season uh, and whether um, they are affected by the fact that they're probably not going to be playing a prominent role as mm-hmm. young guys who probably believe in their potential very much. Um, it's it's going to be... Um, it, it, I, I honestly, I have no idea how it's going to pan out because the Warriors have never, have not really been in a position like that for so many years. Like this is a team that has always been about kind of just maintaining that excellence. Um, so now they're at a bit of a crossroads where they have to, um, where they, they have these championship aspirations with the guy who's trying to um, go down as one of the greatest of all time in Steph Curry. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then they they have this young core who has been kind of running the show for a little bit now and probably feel like who are going to probably feel like they're um, do their minutes and everything. So, um, yeah, the Warriors are also going to be one to keep an eye out on um, coming up for next season. So um, do you have any more teams that you wanted to mention or players? Uh, I, yeah, I have to, like, I think the Pacers are really intriguing to me because of Rick Carlisle and like Rick Carlisle bringing Jenny Busek over as an assistant coach. I also really like, I've liked Miles Turner for a long time. They're just like a very intriguing deep to me. I've heard some people, you know, be a little bit critical of the fact that like Rick Carlisle is not necessarily the, (laughs) like the best fit, but like, I don't really get, I don't really see that. Also like we, you know, let's maybe just wait and see, let's get a couple games in. Yeah, that completely like left my mind. That feels like years ago. I know. <laughs> Carlisle in Dallas and I know. Indiana. Um, but yeah, that and I think uh, the Grizzlies too, just based on like how they looked this past season and then like having some playoff experience. Though I am very upset that JV is gone. I honestly just right. thought he was like a 
I thought Memphis was going to be his team now for the long haul. Like Steven Adams will be great there. I love JV. Yeah. Like JV loved it. And he was such a core part of that team. Yeah. Yeah. He was so solid, um, especially for Ja. I just loved seeing his chemistry. Just uh, JV just has amazing chemistry with point guards, which I feel like Mm -hmm. like so vital in a big man. He just, he's so receptive and he just kind of becomes an extension of them. So um, I hope he still gets his shine and um, manages to do what he does best. um, The Pelicans though. What's happening there? (laughs) (laughs) They don't even have Lonzo anymore. (laughs) I know. I forgot about that. (laughs) Oh God. Well, yeah. Another reason to watch the Bulls, I guess. Mm -hmm. Lonzo was there. So, Mm -hmm. oh, and um, I think the last, um, one that I will mention is Kate Cunningham in Detroit. I feel right. like that yeah. is also going to be one worth watching. Um, and uh, honestly, seeing all of the top um, five guys from the draft, uh, so there's something about this draft where a lot of the top prospects have such personalities mm-hmm. where it feels like in a few years' time, we're going to be looking at it as one of the best drafts. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. Yeah. Like, I, I hope just, so. Yeah. I hope so too, because <laughs> I really like a lot of these guys and they, they're just so dynamically different and they're just, they all have just kind of very bold personalities, very unique styles of play. There's something about it that seems pivotal. I could be completely wrong, but I just, I feel it. I feel it in my, my soul. <laughs> <laughs> I think it was like definitely a hopeful draft. Right. And I think that's like, I want to lean hard into that feeling, but I, I like to just, to what you said before, um, there, what you said before, and then what I had mentioned before about precious, but like, they all seem very complete, at least like, you know, the top 10 players. And I don't, Mm. I mean, this might be a trap that we fall into every year with the draft. (laughs) Um, and I'm also not going to, because like for me, Scotty Barnes, for example, I, I don't really want or need him to do everything like this season, that's not what this oh, season is for for him. Yeah. And I think like Cade too, obviously he is the centerpiece now of like that franchise building itself back up and like restarting from scratch essentially. And it's been a really long road for them. But I also hope that every, <laughs> every fan base and every team that like got like a top pick in this draft or any pick really just like, go easy on these guys. You know what I mean? Like they're coming out of just like a wild year and a half, you know, they didn't even really know like what the season was going to look like when they started to probably interview and look at like the whole draft process. Yeah. Um, And I just don't think like change is not like change and and growth and development. It's like, none of this is linear. And I think we should learn that by now. Like at some point, everybody should just because this is what happened season over season. You're like, this, this guy's a bust. It's like, not really. Like he didn't land in the system that was like really prepped for him. If we want to go back to talking about development. So I really hope that I think what feels hopeful about this is that the top, definitely the top five all seem to have landed on teams that really suit them now. Right. That's a good way to put it. Yeah. I don't see any, everyone seems to be in a situation where it's like, okay, he can run the show for, or he has the potential to run the show in a system that will complement him or will make an effort to complement mm-hmm. him. So um, it, yeah, I, that, I feel the same way. Um, and I think that the Jalen Green <laughs> and the Cade Cunningham, like be, you know, 
thing where they're, I feel like they're totally um, tongue in cheek. Like they know what they're doing. They're just joking around. Yeah. But uh, the whole thing, the way it's panned out, I'm like, okay, these guys, um, either this is going to be like a faint memory or it's going to go down as like a historic moment <laughs> um, in draft history. Mm-hmm. Um, and we're going to get years of these guys um, taking their uh, matchups against each other very seriously. So, um, yeah, that's that's um, what I'm looking forward to, seeing how these lottery picks um, look on their respective teams. But mm-hmm. moving mm-hmm. on to our last topic, which is, you know, related to the offseason, um, you do this great summer vacation <laughs> um, watch for your blog. And I want to know... How does one uh, cover summer vacation? Was there a post when you were scrolling through Instagram where you're like, okay, this needs to be documented and archived? (laughs) This is funny because I think it must be... So so NBA summer vacation once started when Vice Sports still existed. Uh Uh, It was there for two summers and then it moved to Yahoo Sports, Uh I think also for two summers. And then now it is a dime. Um, So it's had a lot of homes. Um, but it's still going strong. I'm trying to think what the first one was. I mean, I think it was just of interest of the fact that like, to me, I don't even mean this facetiously, but like sometimes the off season, this part, like vacation part of the off season is much more interesting <laughs> to me <laughs> than like the like minutia, especially around like, oh my God. Like, cause like free agency is a mess and it's so stressful. So it always feels like the perfect dovetail to be like, who's in Italy? Who's at a rave uh, in Mykonos? James Harden did that one year. Um, You know, like it's just getting to like see where where these guys are going and like how outlandish some of their vacations are, how just like very regular and kind of dull in a very nice way some of their vacations are. Mm -hmm. I don't know. Like this is a league where we already have this over familiar sense of like knowing guys and don't at all. So I do keep that in mind when I'm doing this. It's like, it's like a very self-serious reporting on summer vacation column, but like, that's the book of it. Yeah. What I love is that um, you you mentioned it where it's just the range in their off season activities. It just speaks to how different every single one of these guys are because you have some that are, it's just, you know, opulence and it's decadent, whatever they're doing in the off season. Then you have the guys that are fishing and showing yes. you the fish they caught. <laughs> <laughs> like that, that I love just the range in off season activities that we get from these players. But what is your, what's your personal favorite um, vacation that you see commonly oh, amongst them? What's one where you see it and you're just like laughing to yourself? Oh, like the most common one? Yeah. What's a common off-season activity that just brings you amusement? Um, always like something that involving water sports for the first time. So I always oh, okay. think of when like <laughs> Kawhi. Very yeah, like, <laughs> like when Kawhi was spotted in his off-season after like right before he left Toronto, uh, but on that huge inflatable inner tube and he looked like he had no expression on his face. <laughs> But like maybe a little bit scared um, when guys like get on jet skis, when guys like jump, a lot of guys love to jump off boats. But like the thing that I like the best, also I like that everyone does, they do those things safely. But the thing that I like the best is how uh, nervous everyone is. Like you, and you also just like, you don't equate that kind of feeling to these guys, right? You're like, you guys are just like in the height of like 
I don't know, intense competition every night in the regular season. Yeah, and then you're you like, expect them to be fearless. Like, yeah. And then you're stalling, like stalling, <laughs> yeah. trying to jump off the back of a boat. That's not even moving. Um, and just screaming, which I like because it's like, yeah, it's pretty relatable. Um, but yeah, I feel like amateur water sport ATVs are always a big one too. Um, guys like get it on an ATV out on the beach. Let me think. Um, and you like nouveau Europe vacations are always like fun to watch because everyone kind of does the same loop, you know, like Venice. If you're going to Italy, it's like Venice, Rome, Tuscany loop. Okay. Yeah. Very predictable. Like you could tell it was the same person who may have recommended where they go. Yeah. It was probably Jimmy Butler who I think like does that <laughs> loop uh, every summer or like PJ Tucker's there now, but like, I think he's there for like strictly fashion purposes. My favorite is when they dress like very Euro. You see the silk blouses and stuff, mm-hmm. but then they keep the very American footwear. Like yes. they're still wearing their basketball shoes. Yeah. Like that's a common theme. Like they open up the top three buttons of that silk blouse, but then they're wearing, you'll see like the cutoffs and then they're wearing their, um, their free, their zoom, what like freaks or whatever on their sheet, on their feet or their clothes and everything. Like that's my favorite part. Like, would it kill you to put on a loafer? You know what I mean? <laughs> or just even some type of sandal. Um, I they like some of them. No, they're not six, nine for no reason. Yeah, <laughs> like, that's true. <laughs> that's like, true. You see a six, nine dude walking through Europe and you're just like, you see his shoes and you're like, okay, he must be a basketball player. <laughs> Some of the like I think most chill ones to see are always like the Eastern Euro dudes who just go home and like they just hang out with their families and like the it just looks like the woods or like the real rustic countryside and they're just like drinking clearly like homemade booze made from like (laughs) fermented cherries or something. Yeah, visiting their grandmas, like hanging out with their families. Um, if you're Jokic, made of like potatoes or something. Yes, you're Jokic, you're racing your horses. But they're just like, the idea of vacation, I guess, is so different. Like they're, maybe they'll go on one, like I think Doncic or like some of the big guys will take like one, maybe they'll go to like Croatia, a beach in Croatia. But even then, like they don't stray too far from home, which I think is very nice. Yeah. So I think that's it for today's episode. Uh, we could bar you guys, you know, breaking news, very important, <laughs> <laughs> very important information regarding uh, the off season. Um, but until next time, we'll catch you guys in October, ready for the next season. Um, we're going to go, we're going to get treatment. We're going to get the shoulder surgeries we've been putting <laughs> off. Um, we're going to come back (laughs) bigger and better (laughs) for the next um, season of Monday morning episodes. So until then, peace out, guys. Bye.